Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Family with Family, a mindful discussion of wholesome fare. My name is Jackson Harper, and joining me, as always, for this discussion is my mother, Patricia Ann Stover Harper. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> How was your day? It was good. Were you at the top today at Bridge? I was at the top <laughs> by 10 points. You should start your own spinoff podcast where you give people bridge tips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell our listeners what movie we're talking about tonight. Oh boy, tonight <laughs> we are going black and white. Not the movie, just the clothes. 1992 Walt Disney by Touchstone film about a showgirl, Dolores Van Cartier, who's hiding out in a in a California. You didn't say the name of the movie. Oh, Sister Act. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to, I'm sure. Oh, okay. um, she's hiding out in a California convent from her murderous beau who is a gangster. Yeah. To keep her out of trouble, uh, Reverend Mother assigns her the task of singing in the choir, but she ends up the director. Mm -hmm. And the experience is transforming for every single person in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So we've talked about this. You know this. But uh, for our listeners, my history with this movie is... My dad took me to see it when I was nine years old. We didn't tell mom we were going to see it. <laughs> I think we thought she wouldn't approve of it or something. <laughs> but we used to do this all the time. We always used to go see movies and not tell mom about it. <laughs> this, is this is true. Not realizing that she would absolutely love this movie. <laughs> so do you know when you first saw it? I have no idea. Yeah. Probably, probably uh, you said, oh, we got to watch this movie. I, I think we have a VHS tape of it. I know we had it on VHS because I used to watch it all the time. I don't I don't have a DVD so. or Blu-ray, but. Um, well, it's on Disney Plus now. You don't need it. I probably saw it first on VHS. Probably. All right. Well, VHS. do you want to give your uh, general thoughts on the movie before we start getting into the segments? Okay. For the record, I guess we should say this at the very beginning. Overall, I love the movie. Mm -hmm. But there are parts of it I don't care for. Sure. There's some profanity in it. And uh, there's some sexual innuendos. There's no overt uh, acts in there. But um, I will say that those things that are bad are the setup for the character uh, the, of Dolores Van Cartier's transformation to Sister Mary Clarence. Mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of the setup of the movie. I don't know if they yeah. need to be quite so graphic or, you know, those are the things I, I didn't care for. Well, it's a PG rated movie. It's not very graphic at all. No, it's, um, not. it's I not. mean, even, even the murder that sets up the whole plot, uh, takes place off camera you don't see it I think the part that I objected to the most was when they took a break from the first scene the next scene is her in the hotel room with her boyfriend 
and um, it's pretty obvious what has gone on before. So, <laughs> okay. Well, fortunately, let's... that doesn't last very long. And like I said, it is the setup, and that's my only objection. Well, why don't we get into our first segment then, which is all called right. Character Counts, wherein mom lists off all the characters like we're reading the playbill. I didn't list as many as I might have, like in Babe, when we did Babe, I had a whole slew of animals. <laughs> okay, number one, Sister Mary Clarence, a.k.a. Dolores Van Cartier, who is played by Whoopi Goldberg. And she does an amazing job in this part. Yeah. And then the Reverend Mother, played by, <laughs> oh, she's one of our favorites, Maggie Smith. Sister Mary Robert, I forgot her name. I can't think of it right now either. I don't have it in front of me. It, she's not somebody I've known in any other movies. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah, I don't know her. Sister Act Two, Sister Mary Patrick, Kathy Najimi, who I love to watch act. She's mm -hmm. hysterical. Sister Mary Lazarus, an elder actress who died just a couple years after this movie was made, maybe four or five years. And yeah. she's been around, she was around for a long time, Mary Wicks. And she's like a, a famous character actress of the 40s, 50s, and has been in many TV programs. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Souther, I don't know his name. Um, Bill Nunn is his name. Bill Nunn, okay. I think he has also passed away at this point, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Vince LaRocca played by Harvey Keitel. Yeah. I really liked in National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> and Monsignor O'Hara. Yeah. Um, that's the main ones. Those are the main characters. Yeah. And all the nuns. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of nuns. <laughs> a whole bunch of nuns. A whole choir full of nuns. And they did a really good job casting all the nuns because you don't really get to know their personalities that much, but they all have such interesting faces. And, and you really notice it when they're performing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I noticed that very same fact. Mm -hmm. That their faces so, are interesting. Okay, so we made a deal. <laughs> we were going to talk about characters that neither one of us got to pick. Uh, Maggie Smith uh, as, Redver as Reverend Mother for our favorite character. Because we were both going to pick her. Because <laughs> anything that Maggie Smith is in... She has to be your favorite. She's, she's just an absolute genius. She, she can bite into a line and milk it for all it's worth. Every single line she says is pure gold. So, so barring Maggie Smith, who's your favorite character? I love Mary Lazarus, Mary, Mary Wicks. Mm -hmm. um, probably because I had seen her in so many movies and seen her on TV too, but she is, um, uh, she went to college and then someone, maybe it was one of her teachers, encouraged her to try acting. And so she did. And eventually she just became one of those character actresses that had a list of credits a mile long. Mm -hmm. Okay. But her most common character actress to play would be a nurse or a secretary and she mm -hmm. always has those snippy lines 
in yes. all the movies I've just about ever seen her in. Um, she's really great in a movie in an old movie called Now Voyager and um, White Christmas. She's in White Christmas. See, I didn't think I remember her from White Christmas, but I haven't she, seen it in so long, and I don't really like that movie the, very much. She's the housekeeper at the inn. Okay. Yes, for the colonel. Okay. General, for the general. He's a general, isn't he? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, people who have <laughs> seen the movie, but um, in this movie, she does not disappoint. She no. has wonderful lines, and they're real short to the point and you'll keep laughing every time you see her mm -hmm. and so I just enjoy her I had a hard time picking my favorite character because I love Mary Patrick I love Kathy and Jimmy oh yeah uh she is iconic to me because she did a voice on a show called King of the Hill for years and years and years and she's one of the main characters on that and very very funny this is the first thing I ever saw her in but I'm going to pivot and I want to talk about Mary Robert, okay. whose name we have both forgotten. Um, I'll, I'll look unfortunately. It you talk. But uh, Mary Robert, you know, she's a novitiate. She's, she hasn't taken her vows yet. She's like, uh, she's like Maria in The Sound of Music. Uh, she's learning how to be a nun. And she's so timid mm -hmm. and she's so afraid all the time. And it's sort of like School of Rock. Uh, Mary Clarence has to bring her out of her shell and give her confidence and show her that, yes, she can sing. And uh, she becomes like part of the little like core group of nuns who's leading the choir. And I just love her performance and watching this character come out of her shell and, and grow confidence. It's really great. It is. Wendy McKenna. Wendy McKenna, okay. Yeah, I've never seen her in anything else except for uh, the sister. She was in Air Bud, Napoleon, okay. Eight Men Out, Finding North. Finding North or North? Oh, finding North. No, not North. Okay, I don't, I don't know. What, I don't know that either. Finding North is, yeah. I've seen in, some of those movies, but I just don't recognize her from them. It says yeah. she's in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Okay, well, I mean, I saw that, but I don't remember who she played in it. Anyway. Is there any other characters we want to talk about other than the Reverend Mother? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Reverend Mother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go for it. Well, I don't want to say too much because one of my scenes is centered around the Reverend Mother, but Maggie yeah. Smith is someone I've always enjoyed. I, I, when she was in Downton Abbey, she stole the show. And she just mm -hmm. about steals the show in Sister Act. Yeah. Uh, she's so in command of the screen whenever she's on it. Yeah. I think she is. Do you? I think so, too. Yeah. She has, she has this face that's, well, she, for one thing, she has very large eyes. So she they sort of draw you problem. in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but she has a very expressive face without doing too much with her face. Like she doesn't, she just has to make the smallest little expressions, but you immediately know what this character is thinking and feeling. <laughs> and like I said, when she gets a line, she gives it everything she's got. <laughs> her voice is incredible. She just, she just knows what she's doing she does. as an actor. She knows exactly what she's doing all the time. 
There's an old uh, a financial company that I don't think exists anymore, E.F. Hutton, and their line mm-hmm. was, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Well, when Maggie Smith speaks, people listen. You know, yeah. she's the center. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like when we watch the Harry Potter movies, when I showed you those for the first time. <laughs> the, when the final movie ended, one of the first things you said was, well, that ended properly. Maggie Smith prevailed. <laughs> oh, I was going to be livid if she died in this movie. In the movie, there was just—it would have ruined it for me. <laughs> so yes, the Harper household and family with family wholeheartedly endorses Dame Maggie Smith as an actor. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I, I don't want to like give short shrift to some of the other characters. I really love Father O'Hara in this movie. Oh, yes. I think he seems a little bit clueless, but at the same time, he's very earnest. Uh, you can tell that he really cares about what he does as a priest and he cares about his church and the convent, but he doesn't really know what to do about it. <laughs> he just sort of goes along with whatever. I like him. I like Lieutenant Souther. I do a lot. Always a great screen presence. Yeah. They cast him very well. Yeah. All right. Gentle giant. Yes, exactly. Well, let's get into our next segment, which is called Scene Selections. Here we go. Wherein we go through the movie. And you know what? Normally we pick three scenes each that we're going to do. But uh, because I love this movie so much, and I couldn't just pick three scenes. Uh, we're going to do four scenes this episode. It's a super size episode of Family with Family. There you go. <laughs> I think chronologically, no, you have the first one chronologically. So we're going to go with you first. Okay. My first favorite scene is uh, Dolores's first meeting with Mother Superior. So mm-hmm. Monsignor, what's his name? Monsignor O'Hara. O'Hara, yeah. He has informed Mother Superior that they are going to house this woman to keep her from being killed for seeing a murder that her boyfriend and his group committed. And Mm -hmm. she's going to hide out in the convent. And they are walking down the hall and she's giving him all these arguments why they can't do it. It's not safe. It's it's not good. And then Mm -hmm. he's just but they're going to give us a big donation. <laughs> she says, well, I guess we can. it's like she changes her tune. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All prepared to accept, accept this woman into the convent for protection. And then she opens the door uh-huh. and she sees her and that look on her face when she sees her the first time she walks in and she, she doesn't, even say anything her her words are excuse me and she turns around and walks back out and <laughs> tells him i can't do it i can't do it and he says but you've you've given a vow of hospitality and she just <laughs> looked at him and she says i lied <laughs> i'm not sure i can do it justice it's it's like it's like an immediate <laughs> confession she immediately <laughs> goes into confession mood I love because she doesn't know what else to say 
So um, anyway, she has to go back in there and they start talking and uh, Dolores Van Cartier starts saying, thank you for being willing to do this. I really appreciate it. I've just always admired you nuns. You're like Jesus' wife. Or <laughs> yeah. How does she put it? You're so Catholic. Says, you're so Catholic. Said, you're, you're married to the big JC. You're as there you go. I couldn't remember. You're married <laughs> to the big J. I mean, she just keeps stumbling over her words. Yeah. And then Mother Superior's just sitting there with her hands folded, just listening. And, mm-hmm. you know, she just probably can't believe what she's hearing. And um, then she politely tells her that this is no sorority or speakeasy, that she Mm -hmm. has to be quiet and not draw attention to herself, which there's another funny line, but I can't requote it right now. And then all of a sudden she says, oh, and then Mary Clarence proclaims that all she wants to do is stay in the room and not be anywhere in their way or, or make a stink. Yeah. Mother Superior just sits there. And then all of a sudden she says, perhaps you'll like to freshen up. You'll certainly want to change clothes. <laughs> and, and then what happens next is like the craziest thing. They go into the room and Dolores starts throwing over the changing screen, all these tacky clothes and Mother Superior's <laughs> throwing them in a box. <laughs> all of her belongings are just going in a bag or a box you really can't see what it is she says if you'll look to the left you can see some suitable clothing and then mary clarence who is still dolores finds the habit it switches over to the church and you hear this blood curdling scream yeah all the nuns are praying (laughs) <laughs> and they hear her scream and they all look over at the same time. And then it's great. the next thing you see is Mary Clarence or Dolores in this habit. And it's so tight. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> they start walking around down the hall and Mary, uh, Mother Superior says, people wish to kill you. Anyone who has met you, I suppose. And then she <laughs> wants to know what Clarence is. She calls her Mary Clarence. She says, what is that? Clarence Williams, the third of the Mod Squad. Did you ever see the Mod Squad? I've never seen the Mod but Squad. But I did. I've okay. seen the Mod Squad. But anyway, that was a really funny scene. Yeah. I, that look and that famous line, I lied. Okay. All right. So my first scene so Dolores, she's been there a couple nights. The first night she's there, you know, Reverend Mother takes her to, quote unquote, her cell. She's like, my what? <laughs> your cell, your room. She shows it. She's like, where's all the furniture? Because <laughs> there's yeah. just a bed in there and a little nightstand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she has to get up early at five o'clock the next morning. Of course, Sister Mary Patrick comes in. and She's just not adjusting well. There's a whole scene where she has to say the blessing over dinner. (laughs) But she's been there a couple nights at this point. Mary Robert comes in with this little alarm clock that she says her brother made for her when she was a kid. She always had a hard time getting up in the morning. And uh, it's a little flower in a flower pot. And uh, when the alarm goes off, it goes, out of bet you, Daisy Head. Out of bet you, Daisy Head. And it's, it's charming. But after this, uh, Mary Robert leaves and 
we'll just call her Mary Clarence from now on. Okay, <laughs> it's good. It's easier idea. to say than Dolores Van Cartier. But Mary Clarence uh, looks out the window and across the street, she sees this dive bar. And, you know, she's a lounge singer from Reno. So she naturally is uh, drawn to the dive bar. So she sneaks out of her room. And then you see, as she sneaks down the hall, you see uh, Mary Robert come out of her room and start to follow. And then you see Mary Patrick peek out of her room and start to follow. <laughs> so she goes over to this little dive bar and she's still dressed as a nun and everything. <laughs> so everybody's staring her when, staring at her when she gets in the door. And uh, she goes up to the bar, she's, she's still in character as the nun. She goes up to the bar and orders a Coke. <laughs> and uh, you know, the other people in the bar, they kind of start harassing her a little bit. They, uh, they're like, hey, is there anything on this jukebox from Sound of Music? <laughs> I know, that was a funny line. And she, she goes up, they put a quarter in for her and she goes and picks a song and it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know the song. I don't know, it starts with like, hey baby, something, anyway. I don't remember what that was. But then she sees Mary Patrick and Mary Robert <laughs> come in the door. She's like, what are y'all doing here? And uh, they're like, well, what are, we just followed you. What are you doing here? She's, she starts into a lie. She's like, I'm here to see a guy about a car for the convent. And they're like, do you mean it? And I'm like, she's like, no, I don't mean it. I know. <laughs> and then uh, Mary Patrick sees the jukebox and she's so excited by it. Oh. She goes over and she picks a song. She's like, just one song, just one song. Because Mary Clarence is trying to get them out of this bar. And she's like, just one song. And she goes on and she puts on the song Gravy. Gimme, 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 gimme gravy tonight. That's exactly she starts to, yeah, she starts to sing along and she starts to do a dance. And uh, she tries to get Mary Robert to dance with her, which lasts for all of two seconds. And then Mary Robert in her very Mary Robert timid fashion, just sort of slinks away. She's like, she's not gonna be part of this. Um, and, you know, this goes on for a while. Finally, Mary Clarence uh, gets them both to leave. And you get the wonderful little button on the scene where one of the guys says to another guy, if this turns into a nun's bar, I'm out of here. <laughs> but I don't know, it just, um, I like it because it shows that immediately Mary Clarence is somebody that's very intriguing to the other nuns in the convent, particularly these two and uh, the others, as we'll come to find. And you, you just get Mary Patrick being the most enthusiastic, <laughs> joyful person. I, I, and we've talked about this multiple times on this show. I love I love a character who's just purely joyful all the time. They're always fun to watch. So, Amen. What do you have next? We might get way out of order. So it's you know. okay. We can do it. You sure? Because I'm yeah, way at the fine. end. You're way at the end? Oh, no, 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 no. Just a touch <laughs> of love. The song. Okay. Okay. But this is after they've sung their first song. So it's after. Yeah. It's okay. Well, you know, let's talk about, okay, let's, let's break protocol. Let's yeah. talk a little Big bit break. about 
the first choir practice. There you go. This will not count as either of our scenes, but we have to talk about it because this is what gets the whole rest of the movie going. And neither one of us picked it for some reason. I don't know why. I think because there are too many scenes in this movie to pick yeah. from. Why don't you tell us about what happens in the first choir practice? Well, Mary Clarence has been given a single assignment after pulling the stunt about going out at night. Okay. Yeah. So Mother Superior says, all right, you can stay. I forgive you. You can stay, but you're going to be limited to one activity and that's mm-hmm. singing. So she goes into the choir practice. She gets in the choir and they start to sing and it's just, they're going to sing crown him with many crowns <laughs> and it's just awful. Yeah. And so she gets this terrible look on her face and Mary Lazarus, she says, um, you think I took my vows yesterday? <laughs> You're a ringer. You're a ringer. And yeah. I know what this is. This is mutiny. Well, you just, if you think you can teach them how to sing, go ahead, sister, make them sing. And she steps aside and gives the yeah. job to Mary Clarence. And she automatically gets up there and she just looks at the stick and she says, well, I guess, okay. And she <laughs> gets Alma to hit some notes and first it's just awful. And then she organizes them. And then she gets Mary Robert to sing a note because she wasn't, nothing was coming out. And then all of a sudden they're beginning to see, even at the first rehearsal that maybe there's hope for the choir. Yeah. So that's the main thing I wanted to say about it, because it was it was just it was almost like it it wasn't planned, except Lazarus happened to realize that she was sent in there to get him in into uh, shape. Well, I mean, but that wasn't even the intention. Mother Superior almost sends her to the choir as a form of punishment. Yes, I know. (laughs) It was punishment. Yeah. She didn't expect her to go in there and actually teach them how to sing because we've heard them sing in church in a previous scene. And yes, they're absolutely terrible. But but the Monsignor, he says, they're they're always superior, but they had worked extra hard on that. And it was awful. In fact, I I was, as you're watching it, you're wondering how people who can sing, who could, could make it sound that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to intentionally sing badly. Yes. Yeah. Is. If if you can sing, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what they did, but what's right, your well, on it? Well, I do love in this scene, I do love how when when Mary Clarence starts first like directing them, you don't feel like she necessarily means what she's saying in the moment, but she starts telling them she's like you are singing to the Lord. Oh, I know. I this love is a that. joyful thing. She doesn't necessarily mean it as she says it, but she, she comes to mean it as she starts to teach them how to sing. And this is where we first start to see the transformation, not only in her, but in all the nuns in this convent. So I love that. So I forgot about that line, but that, I mean, it sounded sincere. And I know oh, yeah. Goldberg is probably not a Christian. I don't know anything about Whoopi Goldberg, but it really sounds sincere. From the character standpoint, it's mm-hmm. very sincere. 
Mm-hmm. And we so should know that, that she grew up in parochial schools. Yes, Dolores did, yes. Um, did. That's the first scene of the movie. You see her, she's smarting off to, <laughs> to the nun that's teaching the class and everything. Anyway, so my next scene is right after that, is the next Sunday in church where the choir has to sing again. And the first time you've seen them sing is this song. It's not a hymn I'm familiar with because we didn't, we were not, we're not Catholic here. It's a very Catholic song called Hail Holy Queen. And the first time, like we said, they're just absolutely awful. And so Mary Clarence picks this song to show off the, the progress of the choir. And they start to sing and immediately everyone is shocked because they're good. They're really good. What comes out of their mouth is absolutely beautiful. And it sounds like a very, like, you know, it's a very classical style old hymn. And they get through the first verse and chorus and everybody's just like, all the nuns are looking at each other. And, and uh, Reverend Mother, her, her wide eyes are even wider at this point. The priest is speechless. And then Alma starts to hit this sort of Motown beat on the piano. Dum, 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 dum. And they go into the rest of the song, which is, yeah, it's very Diana Ross and the Supremes style, but it's still the same song. And it's, it's terrific. I've watched it over and over and over again, just the clip on YouTube of this song. The arrangement is fantastic but you start to see Reverend Mother again and she is not happy. <laughs> her lips tighten up and she just has this, this stern look on her face and she is, she is about to lose it because she does not believe that this style of music is appropriate for such an occasion. And you know, you follow up with that. And well, these people, like they hear the music from outside the church and it's the same people that Mary Patrick was dancing with in the bar, you know, in a previous scene. Uh, they wander in off the street cause they hear the music and they're intrigued and the Monsignor, he just, is, he just beckons them in. He's very welcoming, but you cut to that, they get done with the song and it's, it's great. And everybody loved it except for Reverend Mother. And you just hear her, you know, yelling at Dolores in the office. And she's like, girl groups, boogie woogie on the piano. What were you thinking? What's next? Popcorn curtain calls. This is not, this is not a theater or a casino. <laughs> and Mary Clarence is just trying to defend it. She's like, well, you know, people like going to theaters and they like going to casinos. You know where they don't like to go? Church. Because it's a drag. <laughs> And you can get into a whole debate about, about uh, church music and style and people have different points of view on this. And I don't want to get into all of that. I personally love their version of this old hymn. And I think you probably do too. Yeah, that's really all I wanted to say about it. It's just, you, you start to see the transformation, not in Reverend Mother yet. She's not there yet. Mm-hmm. But you see it in, well, for one thing, you see it in uh, Mary Robert because she gets a little solo during the song and she's been so timid. And you see even during the song, like when she starts to sing and she nails it, she's even surprised 
mm-hmm. by what's coming out of her mouth. She looks over and she's just, she's so, she's so excited. And, and so, yeah, everybody, it, it all starts to come together in this one little scene. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. Well, that goes into the very next part because mm-hmm. Mother Superior, while she's railing on Mary Clarence, the Monsignor walks up and he hears what's going on. And he goes in and starts proclaiming how wonderful it was. And mm-hmm. Mother Superior is going, you know, she's just, she can't <laughs> believe what she's hearing. And so Mary Clarence takes this opportunity. She says, oh, Monsignor, and, and Mother, Mother Superior wants you to know that it is her idea that the nuns need to get out into the community or however uh-huh. she um, Yeah. And everybody's very excited behind her. All the nuns are there, you know, but Mother Superior didn't have any such idea because she thought they needed to stay cloistered up in the uh-huh. convent for protection. But the, mm-hmm. the, all the other nuns just want to get out and help people. And mm-hmm. this is part of the transformation of Mary Clarence. It's just mm-hmm. wonderful. She wants to get out into the community and she wants to spring them from the walls. So the next part is just a song, but I love watching the nuns paint the walls and clean up the community and interacting with the people. It's like they're a whole different group of people Uh because they they are. They're a whole different group of people. And it's all during this sign. uh, I mean, this song that's playing, Just a Touch of Love. And Uh you can see the joy in their hearts. You can see the joy emanating from behind their habits. And uh, <laughs> I just love it. That's all I want to say about it. I, it's just a really joyful part of the movie. Yeah, it's it's really great. Just uh, And of oh. course, this is... Oh, what? one more thing. So the TV uh, people come and they're trying yeah, to... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You say it. No, no. Well, I mean, just there's a news crew that shows up. Uh, because this this church that's been failing, you've seen it. They, you know, nobody shows up, and and they're talking about even having to close the the convent and the church. But ever since they've gone out into the community and been working with people, and you know, the choir's been getting better. Uh, people have started to show up again, and uh, so this news crew shows up, and they're like, "This struggling convent has." shown a rise in popularity because of their choir and they're trying to film Mary Clarence and she's holding a little kid. She tries to hold the kid in front of her face because she doesn't want to be put on TV. And I don't know why this news broadcast from San Francisco would have been playing in Reno. I don't either. (laughs) Well, for one thing you see Vince, uh, he's not watching the TV, but his wife is. And she's like, we should help these people. They're do-gooders. And he's just playing pool and ignoring it. So he doesn't see it. He doesn't see Mary Clarence or Dolores on TV. But Lieutenant Souther does. Yeah. <laughs> remember he what is he says? not happy. You remember what he says? He's like, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her myself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't remember exactly what order all of this takes place in. What's your next scene? The ice cream scene. Oh yeah, you. Go I don't ahead. remember if that takes place before or after they find out that the Pope is coming. I think it's after. I think it's after too. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the Pope then. 
Oh, I think it's after because they voted. And then there's yes. ice cream. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk okay. about, I want to talk about <laughs> the Monsignor learns. Oh yeah, because during the news report, they mentioned the Pope is visiting the U.S. in yes. the next couple of weeks. That's right. So we learn this little piece of information and the Monsignor comes to the nuns and he's like, I've just learned this incredible news. The Pope himself will be visiting San Francisco and he has requested a concert by our choir <laughs> on Sunday night. And of course, all the nuns just are through the roof about this news because if you're, if you're Catholic and you get a chance to sing for the Pope, it's the biggest deal there is. And uh, I guess during this period in time, the Pope would have been John Paul, right? Yeah, John Paul. So the Reverend Mother, she's like, well, on this most solemn occasion, I believe a traditional program would be best. <laughs> and immediately Mary Clarence just pushes back on that. She's like, no, the Pope wants to hear our choir because of what we've been doing. And the other nuns seem to agree. Mary Patrick's like, yeah, everybody loves our new style. This is the reason that the Pope is visiting our church. And Reverend Mother, she's still, her heart has not quite been opened up yet. We're getting to that. But they take a vote. She wants to be fair about all of this. It's like, who thinks, you know, a more traditional uh, program of sacred hymns would be best and you see one non-raiser <laughs> well then who thinks that uh, mary clarence's more worldly program would be more suitable and all the other nuns they're very timid about it but they, they won't all even look at her they can't look at they her they turn their heads <laughs> <laughs> you know and of course monsignor being kind of a clueless guy, he's like, oh, Reverend Mother, your leadership is an example to us all. <laughs> no, nobody's doing what she wants. <laughs> Except for the one, the one nun, who I believe is pro I think she's Italian based on the few lines that she has. <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine maybe she's more Catholic than some of the rest of them. <laughs> Causes her anyway. to resign. She asked for a transfer. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. Okay, ice cream. Well, you go next, and then I think I go. I no. Yeah, I think you're next. Well, mine's after the ice cream. Okay, we got a little mixed up. I don't know who's doing what scenes at this okay, point. Sorry. Well, okay, so pretty much, I think it's right after the scene I just talked about. Mary Clarence, Mary Lazarus, Mary Patrick, and Mary Robert, they all meet in the middle of the night and they act like there's this big secret. <laughs> and one of them pulls out a tub of ice cream from the refrigerators. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, four one for each of them. <laughs> and it echoes back to an earlier scene that we didn't talk about where they're all sitting around and they're beating, I guess, rosaries. They're making oh, rosaries. Yeah, and uh, they're all sitting around talking and trying to get to know Mary Clarence, and she's giving them this whole line about how she used to be at a convent in Reno. So this scene sort of echoes that scene. 
they're all sitting around eating ice cream in the middle of the night. And uh, Mary Lazarus is like, this is a sin of indulgence. <laughs> yeah. Is there any butter pecan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there any butter pecan? And it's not a very long scene and there's not really that much to talk about. It's just, it's wonderful to see the bond that is formed between these women and how they're, they're friends, they're family at this point. And Mary Clarence, because her court date is coming up soon, she's going to be leaving the convent because this is, she's not a nun. She's a, she's a witness. And they don't know that yet. But she hints is like, you know, you never know. Any of us could be transferred out of here. And they're like, well, Mary Clarence, you're not leaving us. And she, and she says, and it's such a sad line. She's like, no, no, we're always going to be together. <laughs> and then you hear Mary Lazarus. She's like, that's what Diana Ross said. <laughs> Which is really funny since Diana Ross was a lounge singer or a singer. <laughs> Ironic. I just like watching these women just interact with each other. They have such great chemistry. And they're all so different, but they're all so bonded at this point in the movie. Even Mary Lazarus, she was, she protested, you know, when she thought she was being replaced as the choir director, but now she's just, she's just on board with it. <laughs> she is. She loves it. She loves being yeah. in the choir. Yeah. All right. What do you have next? Okay. It, it gets out through a voucher at the police department in Reno that where Mary Clarence is that she's in a convent in San Francisco because one of the cops is a snitch and he tells Vince because Vince has a contract out on Mary Clarence and mm -hmm. so he Fowler uh, finds out and he hops on a plane to San Francisco to go to the uh, convent to to get Mary Clarence before the goons come to get her at this point they're practicing fervently because it's on the next Sunday night is when they sing for the Pope. And she sees her. And, I mean, she sees Souther and she, he says, you got to come with me now. And she says, I can't leave. These women have worked so hard. I am not going to leave them. It is like, there's a contract out for on her life. They know where she is and she's not going to go. She has mm -hmm. a total disregard for her own life. And she insists mm -hmm. that she must stay to prepare the sisters for singing for the Pope. So she goes into a bathroom and then goes through another door. And when she does, she meets up with Mary Patrick, Mary, mm -hmm. Robert, Mary, Mary, Robert, yeah. Mary, Robert. And they both get abducted and put in the back of the car. And Mary Robert doesn't have a clue what's going on because they don't know who she mm -hmm. is. So Mary Clarence, she just, she says, follow my lead. And when they stop for a minute, she pushes her out of the car. Mm -hmm. And I just love that scene because it shows a complete transformation of Mary Clarence. Mm -hmm. She is completely transformed uh, into a person who loves others and, wants to do what's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, she always wanted to do what was right because that's why she went to the cops in the first place, you know, mm -hmm. but she was not a very moral person, but now she has, she is willing to give her life to have help the sisters. And I just love that part. Mm -hmm. That's why. Well, I think, 
I've run out of scenes because you made me do two in a row. So I think the next oh. one is yours. And then we'll get into the ending of the movie. But mine go right together. Okay. Right. So, so Mary Patrick, um, Mary Robert. Mary Robert. <laughs> Mary Robert. Souther picks her up and takes her back to the convent. And this is when you see a change in Mother Superior. Yeah. She insists that they have to go rescue Mary Clarence from these people. Well, first she she has to tell the nuns. Oh yeah, she Mary has to Clarence she's really not a is. nun. She's a lounge singer. And these people are trying to kill her. And they're at first they're thinking, well, we can't sing without her. And then they say, <laughs> no, we have to rescue her. And uh -huh. so they go to the airport. <laughs> this is my, I love this scene. And they meet up with a, a helicopter pilot. And he says, it'll cost you 1500 for me to take you all to Reno. And she says, we don't have 1500 because it's a poor convent. So Mother Superior, she turns and she crosses her, what do you call that? She makes the sign of the cross. Makes the sign That's, of the cross. Yeah. And then she, they all start praying out loud. <laughs> Father, do not blame this young pilot, pilot for abandoning us in our time of need. Do not send him straight to hell. Try not to leave him without rewards. And it goes on and on and on. And he just, they just totally break him down. And he says, wait just a minute. He's totally broken down because they just couldn't shut up. It was one after another, just one-liners. He says, yeah. just he says, get in, you know, I'll take you. <laughs> well, and yeah, the all, next shot, you just see them in the helicopter. In the next they're, shot. Flying, they're flying over Reno and, and uh, Mary Roberts. She's like, it's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Mary Patrick's like, and what a wonderful name, Reno. And then you hear Reverend Mother, she's like, and Gamora. <laughs> I know. But they're committed to go save Mary Clarence. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that gets us into the ending of the movie, which I guess it's really two sequences, the scene in Reno and then after. She's been taken back to the, the hotel and casino that Vince owns, and he's gotten his two goons, uh, what's their names, Willie and Eddie or something like that. Oh, yeah. I think it's Willie and Eddie. Yeah. He's gotten his two goons to tie her up to a chair, and he's told them, like, kill her. <laughs> they don't want to do it because she's still dressed as a nun. <laughs> and they're very superstitious. She's like, I'm not wasting a nun. At this point, she's starting to act like a nun because <laughs> she starts saying, like, you know, I forgive you. I know, I know that. Well, and then she starts praying. <laughs> she gets down. They untie her because they don't want to do this to her. So they, uh, she gets down on her knees. She's like, God, please forgive Willie and Eddie. They're only doing this because, because Vince told them to, and they're weak men or whatever. I don't remember exactly what she says. But she uses this as an opportunity to hit them in a very sensitive place and escape. By this point, all the nuns have shown up at the at the casino <laughs> and they all split up so what follows is this little chase through the casino wait a minute you you've got to say the great line of mother superior okay which is which one try to blend in oh yeah 
tried to blend in. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how she did it with a straight face. <laughs> because that's what Maggie Smith does. She can deliver any line with a straight face. She's a, she's a perfect actor. So they're all running through the casino and they're being chased by Vince and Willie and Eddie. I still think that's their names. I'm not sure. And of course they keep approaching other nuns thinking it's Mary Clarence, but there's, you know, probably 15 of them running all split up through this casino. They, they catch one of them playing a slot machine. <laughs> She's very ashamed of herself in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> And they, they chase them into this like sort of back room uh, where they find all the nuns and they're all gathered around Mary Clarence trying to get out the back door. And immediately when, when the guns come out and all the sisters are threatened, Mary Clarence steps right out. She's like, leave them alone. They've got nothing to do with this. And... Uh, Vince tells his goons, okay, well then do it, kill her. And they're like, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not killing a nun. She's like, and Vince is like, she is not a nun. And then you see Mary or mother superior step out. She's like, she is a nun. She is a model of generosity, virtue, and love. I guarantee you gentlemen, she is a nun. And I just love that. I love that when everything is on the line, the Reverend Mother is the one to stand up for Mary Clarence. And then it turns into a whole thing where <laughs> Lieutenant Souther is like on the other side of a window and he, he shoots Vince through the window and it's supposed to be this big action thing. It lasts all of about five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but then what do you see right after that? you see Mary Clarence go to hug the Reverend Mother and they embrace each other. And uh, there is so much love and relief on each of their faces. It's like they finally, they finally have come to, to terms that they can both agree on. It's so lovely. And then of course they have to go back because they have to sing for the Pope. And the following scene is, <laughs> it's, it's the best song in the whole movie well let me can i just say one thing about yeah go for it um so the when the reverend mother says she's the model of virtuosity or vir virtue say, not virtuosity virtue, virtue <laughs> generosity and love there you go yeah it's it's kind of like a picture of what jesus does for us because we are, we are not worthy. Was Mary Clarence worthy of all of that? No. She wasn't. But she was clothed in righteousness. She was forgiven. She was, she was loved. Mm -hmm. That's just a, a really neat picture. It yeah. really is. I love that. Yeah. So then you come to the song, I Will Follow Him. And 
it's the most incredible performance in the whole movie. Because again, they they start like the first performance where they do Hail Holy Queen. It starts as a more traditional sounding song, even though it's this old like Motown song or something. Yeah. I don't know if it was actually on Motown, but you know the type of music I'm talking about, 60s uh, soul music. And then it, it turns into this sort of rock and roll piece. And uh, what I love about this scene is when you contrast it to their performance of Hail Holy Queen, you watch Maggie Smith get more and more yes. angry throughout the whole song. When it cuts back to her during this song, she is so proud and she's not doing anything remarkable with her face. It's very subtle, but you see the whole story has played out and you see everything that she's thinking and feeling. And she's so proud of what these sisters have done together and the music that they're making now. And she's happy that the Pope is there and the Pope is really enjoying himself. He starts clapping along with the, with the beat of the music and everything. And um, yeah, I just, it's just the most terrific bookend to this story. Uh, it is because the looks on the, the nuns' faces too, you know, that yeah. it's, it is very, it's a very reverent presentation of a song that isn't even a Christian song, you know, but no. the words are appropriate for following Christ, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the nuns are supposedly married to the church and, mm -hmm. and married to Jesus Christ. They serve wholeheartedly with their whole life for their whole life, you know, mm -hmm. with no turning back. And yeah. it shows on their faces. It's beautiful. Well, and yeah. And even the lyrics of the song, it says, there isn't an ocean too deep, a mountain so high it can keep me away from his love. And that's, that's almost a quote from the Bible. It's not it exactly the same, but it's, it's very similar to, uh, I don't remember exactly what verse it is. It's in the Psalms. If I ascend to the heavens or if I make my bed in hell, your love well, is there in the New me. Testament, nothing can ever separate us. Yeah, exactly. From the love of God, which is in Christ so, Jesus. It's uh, very beautiful. Yeah. And then you see you see the look on Mary Clarence's face. Mm -hmm. And you know that after this experience, she's never going to be the same either. Nobody will. Mm -mm. That's been a part of this story. And uh, Lieutenant Souther is there <laughs> sitting next to Reverend Mother. Or is he sitting? No, he is he sitting next to the priest or Reverend Mother? I think he's sitting I think next, he's to, the next to the priest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just love it so much. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful ending to a movie that you know. I think when it came out, it was just this. It was a big hit, summer movie or whatever. But I think people kind of dismiss it as being kind of slight, and it is. It's a very easy breezy comedy. But I think there's way more under the surface to it. I just, yeah. I also want to point out, you know, we've heard this song in the movie before. It's at the very beginning. Uh, it's part of her lounge act. And the version that you hear during that is very ugly. It's rushed. Uh, she's not putting that much feeling into it. She's very cynical. It's choppy too. It's choppy. choppy. Yeah, it's not a good, but when you hear it at the end of the movie, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. So. All right. Well, I think that gets us into our next segment, which is called Lessons Learned. Mm -hmm. I think we've 
mostly covered this right now, but I just want to give you the floor to talk about anything additional that you might have to add to your reading of this film. Uh, never judge a book by its cover. I mean, if you want to get cliche about it, sure. I, I had to. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, no, <laughs> I think we talked about this not on the program, but you you mentioned that all the characters have an arc. Mm -hmm. The story is like a total arc. It is. It's, it's just like a total arc where yeah. Mary Clarence, lounge singer, Mary Clarence, nun, and it, all the stuff in between, it's just, it shows a beautiful transition. Uh -huh. And I, I really love that because it's the way our life is. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> it's the way our life is. And yeah. I love how you put it that, her life is never going to be the same, mm -hmm. you know? And I wish that that was the way it was for all human beings. You meet Christ and your life is never the same. Fortunately, there was a sequel and <laughs> continues the story, which is lovely. Uh, I guess that's really all I have to add to that. It was good. Yeah, I think the only thing I really have to add is and I think I texted this to you earlier is it's the story about how a loveless person learns love. Mm -hmm. And it's about the transformative power really of community. How, when we get involved in each other's lives and, and show love to each other, that's a, a force of change and a force for good. It sounds lofty, I think when, when you put it that way, but it's true. We all need to strive to make each other better. And I think we live in a world that's not doing that right now. We live in a world that is all me-centered. And part of the problem is, you know, electronics, which, of course, we're on right now. But I yeah. see kids and they're buried in their cell phones all the time. Mm -hmm. you know? And we've got to get away from that. We've got to get involved in each other's lives. we got to have community. Yeah. And, and this is a good example of what it can be like if there is a sense of community. Mm -hmm. It turns beautiful. It turns ugly into beautiful. Well, I think that I think that pretty much does it. So shall we move on oh, to yeah. the fifth scale? Yeah, we've, we've done really well. <laughs> All right. So uh, just to explain to our listeners, this is the, the metric that we use to rate movies. It's a two-pronged scale. We rate movies on the scale of fun, which is our just pure enjoyment of the movie, and feelings, which is uh, what the movie makes us think about and feel and what resonates with us on a deeper level. So, Mom, how would you rate this movie on a fun scale? Well, it would get a 10 if it wasn't for what I said at the very beginning. So I'm <laughs> going to give it a 7. Wow, that knocked it down a long way. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie a 10. I know. I, I absolutely love this movie. It is a movie I can, it's sort of like School of Rock. It's a comfort food movie. I can put it on whenever and it always makes me smile. It makes me cry a little bit. Uh, the more tender moments of the movie. Um, so yeah, it's a 10 for me. Well, I've watched it a lot in the last two weeks or in the last week, especially, but I won't say that I've watched it a lot of times over the years. I've watched it several times. 
but yeah. it's not a movie that I will go to though. If I could just have the last five minutes of it. Well, forever. that's what YouTube is for. You can, you can just go on YouTube and look up that the one sound, song. The sound <laughs> effects of, I will follow him when they're, they start out and then it, it go it pans out into the congregation and the yeah. sound gets huge. It's, yeah, their voices just echo throughout the it's ethereal sanctuary. It's, yeah, it really it, is. It's ethereal, which is yeah, that's what they're trying to achieve, you know. Yeah. And well, so, those old yeah. churches, they're built for that sort of thing. They're built with great acoustics because you know they come from a time where there was no amplification. We should have noted that at the beginning of the movie there was scaffolding everywhere in the church. It yeah, repairs and there, you know, even on Sunday, the scaffolding was still in the sanctuary yeah it's gone at the end yeah so scaffolding. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, all okay. right so then uh what would you rate this on the feeling scale i have to give it one more eight you give it an eight okay <laughs> you want to go into that at all or just you yeah. just want to let it um <laughs> you know so it's not a serious movie so no but it's really but, not. Those undertones are very serious, and I love uh -huh. that. That's why it gets a high rating to me like that. Okay. You know what? I'm going to do something I've never done on this show before. We're going with another 10 on the feeling scale. I don't know what it is. It, this movie just, I, it just really speaks to my soul. I love watching the change in all these characters from... Mary Clarence to the Reverend Mother to just all the nuns. I don't really know how to express it other than that. I just love, I love this, the undertones of this story. So yeah, I'm so tens all around for me. It's a story of redemption. It's yeah. a really great story of redemption. It gets mm. a nine. That's a wonderful score. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of our highest scores. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yes, we here at Family with Family give Sister Act a collective 9 out of 10. Very good. <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, what ages would you recommend watching this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it when I was 9, so. You were too young. <laughs> well, blame Dad. He's the one that took me. I know. He's much more <laughs> liberal about movies than I am. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for the the first 15, 20 minutes, it, it's, you know, I'd say 10, but I, I'd say 12 or 13 with explanations. Okay. So. All right. Anything left to add about Sister Act? No. Okay. No, I might have to go watch the last song. Go for it. I've watched it many, many times. It's, oh, I have it's too. Terrific. I love it. Yeah. Um, or go watch, uh, go watch Sister Act 2. I watched that as well. I did too. That, that movie's I, I not as good, but it's still pretty, still very watchable. Yeah. It is. And their last song is really wonderful. Oh, yeah. The joyful, joyful yeah. uh, rendition. Yeah. The friars okay. in that are. The friars are the best part. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find this podcast wherever you found it. Uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review, subscribe. <laughs> Next time, we are going to uh, be going back to the 
fifties, I guess fifties. Yeah. 1959. Uh, yep. So late 50s. We're going to be talking about a, a Disney live action classic that mom doesn't really like that much. <laughs> Actually, I've been watching it today. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, we're going to be talking about Darby O'Gill and the little people. And I really am enjoying it because I'm so yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. So get ready for uh, some leprechauns and some wishes and a little bit of Sean Connery. I was going to say, aren't you going to give me a Sean Connery voice? This was right. not his first movie, but it, it was early. Early, early, before James Bond, yeah. Mm -hmm. So until next time, I will follow him. Follow him wherever he may go. There Good night, y'all. Good night. <laughs>